It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, November 7th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that could not have scripted Saturday's game any better with Giroux scoring, but the Flyers winning. Yeah, it worked out. It did. We're going to get into the game on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where we post about our episodes and the latest Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag coming on Wednesday, so get those questions in. On today's show, we are going to talk about that game in Ottawa, as well as name our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So if you want to see us in the podcast, you can subscribe over there as well. Russ, I think you know the biggest concern I had was Rasmus Ristolainen being out of the lineup. Yeah, do we get a reason? Was it just a scratch? Yeah, I'm not. My guess is it's injury related, but I don't know that we have learned anything more detail about it since then. Yeah, I know there's a um, a segment of the fan base that feels like he played the Flyers played better without him, and so getting that win didn't help that argument. Uh, I still think they need him in there. I still don't think he's fully um, caught on to the tort system. So you have to give him more time. But, you know, if he's injured, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I guess we'll find out today, hopefully, uh, leading up to tomorrow's game and if he'll check back in. But in the meantime, we have a road trip that ended up 1-1-1, and which I guess that's all right. It's probably better than you would have expected going into it. I say it's better than I would have expected, but I, I still didn't love the play. But, you know, the number is decent. The effort's good. There's still a lot going on there. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we have a lot to talk about with this one in particular. But before we do, I do just want to mention that Cam York is okay. Mm-hmm. He played this weekend for the Phantoms, and we're going to get into that in detail on tomorrow's show when we do our weekly check-in with the Phantoms. But uh, he had a pretty nice goal this weekend that I'm excited to talk about on tomorrow's show. Yeah, I saw it. So that that's good. Yeah. So I think, you know, in this game against Ottawa, they, they had another slow start. They kind of battled into it, but then, you know, things kind of went back and forth a little bit. They had a really great start to the third period, but then it waned again as well. So I would call this game just from an effort and a possession perspective, kind of a mixed bag. It was because, I mean, there were two or three big saves Hart had to make in the third that could have changed the whole game. Right now, Carter Hart's the team, you know, the, the backbone of the team. You take him out, that's all their wins. Like, it's not hard to figure this out. So it's I can't give all the credit to Tortorella other than getting effort because it's really Carter Hart that's covering up a lot of these problems. 
Yeah, they were outchanced by about 20 in the whole game, which, again, is not a good overall indicator, you know, win or lose. Um, clearly, there's a difference maker. And like you said, it's Carter Hart uh, because they aren't getting, you know, the quality shots that we right. need them in order to get more goals. Yeah, I mean, right now they seem to be willing to get goals from anybody. So I don't think they're even working on getting better quality shots. I think they're just working on, you know, the effort and maybe shot suppression, but even that's not working. Like the coach knows that teams are getting too many shots, too many chances. Uh, you know, I saw some people complaining about Sandheim, and I'm like, listen, he was matched up against their top line with Giroux, Stutzla, and, and Kachuk. What are you going to do against? I mean, Sandheim's a good player, but that's that's a, a bit much, and especially um, without Ristolainen, and that, that's tough for him. You know, you mentioned shot suppression, and so we can't talk about this game without talking about shot blocking and the PK. So on the shot blocking side of things, they had 28 total in this game, which is, again, is on the high side for it a NHL game. Uh, they are The Flyers are second in the league in block shots uh, as of uh, recording, I believe. Uh, Vegas is the only team with more. Uh, but the problem here is that even with all those blocked shots, the Flyers are still about sixth overall in unblocked shot attempts against at five on five. So that says they're blocking a ton of shots, but a ton more are getting through. Right, right. Because they're getting outplayed a lot of the times and they are blocking some shots. But what's happening is they're... They may be blocking that first one, and then they're still getting second and third attempts, these other teams, and still getting chances. And they're getting high-danger chances. Like, these aren't just keeping to the outside, just chances. They're not. That That's the frustrating part, because if you have a team that is putting everything on the line here and blocking shots and, you know, throwing their body at everything, I think that you know, the least you could get out of it is actual shot suppression, which is not happening here overall. And I, I think that's a trend that we're going to have to keep a close eye on. And, you know, it's been working to some degree, but how long? Who knows? And I, I think, you know, you have to kind of look at these things with a realistic lens. We say that. I don't know if the coach is. Remember, he's not a big analytics guy, so I don't know if he's looking at any of these things. He's probably getting reports and he may be looking at like one tenth of it. On the penalty kill, it was perfect, again, which mm -hmm. is great, but it took a lot of sacrifice to get oh, there. Yeah. The Flyers did get shots on goal themselves in three of the five Senators' power play opportunities, so that's actually really good. That yeah, that's an improvement. They are being aggressive, you know? Yeah, that's an improvement for sure. I, I think that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and the Sens only had one of their power plays with more than one shot on goal in the game. So again, very good. So happy to give them credit where credit is due sure, yeah. in it for the penalty kill like this. But yeah, we do have to keep an eye on again, that underlying, uh, are they, you know, destroying themselves and what are they getting out of it? Yeah. I mean, we wonder if the injury factor is going to get be high with all these block shots. You just, you, you wonder how this is going to shake out. Uh, I'm sure plenty of guys, We'll start to take maintenance days middle of the season. I would almost guarantee that for practice because you just, you know, your body can only take so much. 
another uh, figure that I thought was pretty interesting at this point of the season is uh, because I was concerned about power play versus penalty kill. Flyers are actually at an even number of penalty minutes taken and drawn for the season. It's exactly 50-50 right now, which I think, you know, makes sense overall if you if you really think about it. But it sometimes feels like, you know, the Flyers are, are getting fewer power play opportunities than the other team. And they've had some games so far where I felt like there were too many penalties and, you know, they're in the box too much. So it's good to know, I think, where we stand right now in terms of penalties drawn versus taken. Yeah, I think that part's good. I think it probably feels lopsided because the power plays just disjointed a lot of times. And I think that, you know, it was better in this game. Uh, D'Angelo did much better in this game, but for the most part for the year, it's been disjointed more than it's been good. We did talk about in our preview for this game that we were concerned about face-offs in particular because of Giroux and they have uh, plenty of good face-off guys on the senators and they absolutely the flyers got smoked on face yeah they did but i think it was good that when they did win they got that power play goal off of so right uh, at least they were able to capitalize on that and it turned out to be obviously a very important goal for them the, the game winning goal yeah it was i mean but again yeah they have to work on it a little bit uh, I think they are winning some too by just out battling guys after they lose the face off, which is fine. That's part of it. Sometimes you can get the puck back, but uh, yeah, in the end, it's not always going to be that fortuitous. Well, uh, of course, Claude Giroux scored uh, his 300th goal of his career against the Flyers. I think it was absolutely perfectly drawn up that way. But uh, we have a lot of Flyers to talk about and what we thought of their game coming up next but first we are going to hear about simply safe today's episode is brought to you by simply safe the numbers don't lie in the last decade over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right at simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters and that's why i use simply safe in my own home they protect you with the latest security technology powered by 24-7 monitoring agents who always have your back. Simply Safe's advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with the app and even watch an HD live stream from this live security camera or monitor the wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room. There are even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats from your home. Customized the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. The season is in full swing, and so is Locked On's game-to-game -game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On game-to-game -game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game-to-game -game on the Locked On NHL channel. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So Russ, I think for me, the first question I want to ask, because is uh, Morgan Frost checked back into this one, he had a little over 10 minutes of ice time. Uh, what did you think of his game? And based on his performance, what do you think the plan will be? I mean, I thought his game was fine. I, I, I think when you're only getting seven offensive zone starts, 
uh, it's hard to be an offensive player. So what's happening here is, you know, Torts is giving like him this tough love where it's like, all right, I am going to, you know, make you play most of your game defensively. I'm going to have you take the faceoffs defensively. You're going to get better in your own end. And then when I decide that you're better in your own end, then I'll let you play a little more offense, which you clearly like. And again, I don't think everybody responds to this. And that's not to say, you know, it's the way like Morgan's fighting it. I just think it's not going to work for everybody. And unfortunately, this is the only choice Morgan has. Like, this is it. He has to work with this or or he gets nothing. Yeah, he was the only flyer, I think, on the plus side in the face-off department in this game. So I, I think that was important to show that mm-hmm. in, in a game against a team like this, that he could be successful doing that, yeah. especially in the defensive zone. But do you want offensive impact? Like, you know, clearly seven offensive zone starts isn't going to create a lot of offensive impact. No, and I think that's partially where the problem is in terms of giving him the best opportunity to succeed. And, you know, I think that having him on a line with Delorier isn't going to do that. I think, you know, him and Lazinski could come up with something, but not really in the kind of minutes that they're going to be given. No, you got to put him top six Mm -hmm. and you have to leave him there. You have to deal with the couple of hiccups you get. But eventually he'll get chemistry going. He had chemistry going with Giroux once upon a time. And then things look pretty good until the injury. So, again, ever since then, he hasn't really had a chance to play with, you know, the better players. And he is one of those guys that I think responds better that way. But Torts wants to work him from the bottom up and would rather give Sedlak um, more playing time than him and, that's great, but Sedlak's not going to help you down the road. He's going to help you now, and you know, and eventually that's going to go south too. And Frost, you're either going to you know create something better here, or you're going to lose the player eventually. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, and I do think he has that potential. That's the thing is, I'm yeah. not ready to write Morgan Frost off yet. I think you know some people are, and it, it's a fair opinion to have, but I'm not there yet. And I no, just me neither. See- I want to see him in the right circumstance for a sustained period of time before I'm willing to write him off. Uh, People that I was willing to write off that maybe I'm willing to reconsider a little bit on is Nick Delorier and Zach McEwen. They both had pretty solid games. And I think that it's an interesting thing because they're obviously not superstars. They're not huge contributors, but at the same time, I think in this game in particular, obviously Zach McEwen got that goal. It was very opportunistic and he actually got the shot on net in a good spot. It was a very well-placed shot Mm -hmm. and he's got three goals so far with the Flyers this season. Um, Nick Delorier, I thought was just a real good battler in the corners along the boards. I thought he made some smart plays and, you know, considering how chippy that game got, Delorier was not in the box at all in that game. And I I thought he was just choosing his battles really well. So I think I'm beginning to adjust maybe what success looks like for them a little bit. And and so for me, Zach McEwen, if he gets 12 goals this season and settles down in terms of taking the right kind of penalties, I'm willing to come around on him. Well, I mean, for Deloria, yeah, I did. I did think he was better. He had things under control. He wasn't just, you know, looking to fight, he was 
you know, cycling the puck well and keeping the plays going, and and that's fine. Uh, McEwen still misses the net so much. So it's like, what are you willing to invest to get these 12 goals is my question to you. Uh, how much ice time are you going to give him? Like, he's he's getting 13 minutes a game. He only has 17 shots on a year right now, so his, his shot percentage is off the chart for him. It's pretty high, right? <laughs> but it was that high once upon a time in Vancouver – uh, in 2019-20 when it was 29.4. So he's he's gone through little streaks like this before, but the idea is how much ice time are you willing to to give him? And so that's really, you know, what I'm talking about is if you had these three goals and he was getting eight minutes a game, I'd say, okay, you know what? There's a role for Zach McEwen here. But if I've got to play him 13 minutes a night just to get, you know, 10 goals this season, I'm wasting my time. I, I again, for people that want to say, "Hey, Zach McEwen's young," um, so you're still developing him. Okay, I mean, I think you could see what he is capable of as a player, and sure, anybody could score a few more goals. But in the end, Zach McEwen's not going to get you to where you want to go. And so, if no, towards if he true. takes if he takes the biggest step forward of anybody this year under John Tortorella this year is a failure. That is a fair point. And I, I think, you know, in relation to other people, sure, 100% agree with you. Yeah. I've just been pretty negative about him and, and his role on this team. And he is contributing. And so he I, is contributing, I really, no question. I want to acknowledge that because, yeah. uh, you know, again, I've been a little down on him. And I'm just so I'm just trying to level set. Okay, what what is it going to take for me to consider him having a successful season? I think you're right that it should take less ice time. Like he should be down to about the 10 minute mark or 10 to 11 yeah. minutes max per game. Um, but that's really averaging out to two goals a month. I think that's reasonable in that amount of ice time. And uh, again, I think he just has to really chill a little bit and, and take the right kind of penalties at the right time if he's going to sit in the box. And so I'm not there yet, but I I'm willing to consider it, which is different than no, it was just, earlier for me. Just to show you the difference, um, like last year, he took 145 shots to get the three goals. So now this year he's taken 27 to get the three goals, but he's still missing a lot of shots. He absolutely is. Uh, we mentioned Travis Sanheim and Tony D'Angelo on the defensive side. I, I think that Ivan Provorov had a pretty solid game as well. I, I think that he is settling into the Tortorella system, I think, faster than I might have thought. But uh, especially given having Tony D'Angelo as a partner and having to adjust to that from the defensive side of things. But I think he's taken to it pretty well. No, he has taken to it pretty well. Uh, I, I think, um, I, again, it's a small sample size. I'm not willing to say it's going to work out all year for D'Angelo on the top pairing. I'm not. Because, again, uh, this trip they went 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and there were some some issues. If they go on a trip where they're facing, like, you know, three top teams in the league, how's he going to fare? That's when I think things start to happen. And that's And that's the issue with this team as a whole. Uh, with the way Tortorella's playing, he's gonna he's gonna gobble up points against some teams that are a little bit askew and not as well, um, you know. I don't want to say not as well coached, but uh, aren't 
coached to to play their best at least all the time. And so, but in the end, what do you want out of this team? Like, I, I do have to ask the question, if you're going to be in that middle gully, which I think they're going to be, and let's say they're the seventh worst team in the league, okay, maybe you've created that culture, but you're also now going to get a lesser pick this year and you're still not in a great cap situation for next year. So how much improvement can you get from that middle goalie this year to next year? Now, the only way they're going to do that is by the young players developing. That is the only way that the Flyers get out of this is with young players developing. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, I think that the problem with that is is that's not what torts has been doing so far to a large degree to to some degree yes to some degree yes and to some degree no it's like a mixed bag yeah 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 so i think that we're gonna have to see a little bit more of the young kids Mm -hmm. and i think that maybe it'll take until later in the season when maybe Mm -hmm. there's some injuries maybe there's a situation where who's ever standing out in lehigh valley is going to get those shots and, and they'll switch things around. And he could just be kind of like wanting to play with what he has now to figure things out. And, and then we'll, we'll see what else happens later in the season. But for now, Flyers won against the Sens. I was glad that the first game with Claude Giroux was on the road. And, you know, obviously we'll have to see the Sens in Philadelphia coming up next weekend. Uh, I think that might be a part of our nemesis of the week coming up, which we will get to next. So if you are newer to Locked On Flyers, each and every Monday, we look at the week that is coming up and say, who is the Flyers enemy for this week? What are we most concerned about? What is the hump that we've got to get over to get through the week? Last week, we talked about that big back-to-back against the Rangers and the Leafs. That was a little bit of a mixed bag, uh, but again, they won against Ottawa in Ottawa, so uh, ended that road trip on a good note. Uh, This week, the Flyers face St. Louis, Columbus, and then Ottawa again, like I was just talking about. So for me... I think this week is all about winning winnable games and at the same time getting Felix Sandstrom one of them. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, And again, I don't know if it's good to play Sandstrom against Ottawa where that game is going to be very emotional. And that could go either way with a team. Either, you know, there's too much emotion and you don't play well or – there's just enough and you do play well or, and same with on the Drew side, he, maybe he gets fired up to some degree too. So I, you know, but again, it's hard to pick and choose what you're going to have Sandstrom play to win that. That's, that's the issue here. So at some point he's just going to have to beat some teams, but right now this is the bugaboo of the team. Like the backup doesn't have any wins. Right. And so I think maybe the way to go is to either have him play in St. Louis or Columbus. You know, yeah. St. Louis would be the option if you want him to play at home. Columbus, if you maybe want to give him a shot against a team that hasn't been doing as well. Uh, Columbus just got shut out in the Global Series by the Avalanche. So. Yeah, that's the game I'd pick up, hand pick him for. Yeah, so that might be the, the best approach for it. But I think that 
all three of these games this week are in fact winnable. They just have to find a way to do it. And they're, they're different kinds of competition. And, uh, you know, like with the emotion against Ottawa, St. Louis has been going through some trouble. Yeah, they're, like they're going said. through some trouble. So they, Craig Berube yeah. is going to light a fire under them for sure based on the way they've been playing. So that's something. Now, you could get possibly get Jordan Bennington off your game, but you might get slashed while you're doing it. So that's something, you know, to consider too. I mean, you're right. Uh, they're not going to get six points out of this, but if you can get four, that's good. Yeah, and I think that keeps the confidence going and knowing that mm-hmm. they can win. And if if they can just improve on one aspect of their game in each one of these games, that's progress. And I, I think that's all we're asking for right now is that kind of progress. So that's kind of where I'm focused for this week. I'm still going to say the nemesis is the you know lack of information for the uh, injured players because, you know, where, before you know it, we're going to be in the middle of the month where Cam Atkinson's month to month. And if he's not practicing, he's not playing. Like, it's just that simple. You could, you know, they could tell us anything they want and, and give any term that they want for what the issue is and say, yeah, he's trying or, yeah, he's really working hard or, yeah, he's getting closer. But until he's practicing without the non-contact, he's not getting in any games. Yeah, we shall definitely see. I think it's something to ask about in the next week or so and say, what does that mean long term? If he's going to be out, you know, are there some, you know, line changes or kids that that he wants to give a chance to because there's a longer time period where Atkinson will be out or there's a longer time period where Risto potentially could be out? We'll see what happens on that front as well. I do want to end things uh, with our Flyers fun thing this week, which is, of course, Claude Giroux related and the moment in the game where Giroux kicks Carter Hart's stick back to him. Yeah, yeah. And it was just it was so sweet that he did that. He's a good guy. He really is. Oh, man. And there was some really good Gavin Content yeah, at the beginning of the game. Well. Yeah, that was good. In the warm-ups, that was fun. He threw, he threw him a puck, and yeah, mm-hmm. that was nice. You could see the smile on his face. All that's great until he scored the goal against him, and then Torts blew his stack. Yeah, he did. Um, I think it was just kind of a funny moment. Um, and again, it wouldn't have gone over as well if the Flyers had lost the game. That's right. for sure. But since the Flyers won, I think we can forgive him for that. Yeah, listen, I mean, he's going to – this is Claude Giroux. He's not taking it easy on anybody. No, that is not in his nature to do so. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We will be previewing that game against the St. Louis Blues and talk about the mess that's in the St. Louis organization, plus – We will be doing our Phantoms check-in. It was kind of a bonkers weekend for the Phantoms and uh, excited to talk about that as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day. 
plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.